0: Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, that is C O R R Y. J-O-E-L, and also you can find my agents take column at cbssports.com. This week, you're going to be looking at two things. The Sam Darnold trade to the Carolina Panthers and what it means for Teddy Bridgewater, and the number four pick in the NFL draft, which is currently held by the Atlanta Falcons, and how Matt Ryan's contract can potentially impact what the Falcons do. Well, um... Last week we had a little more clarity at the top of the draft because Sam Darnold, the New York Jets starting quarterback, was traded to the Carolina Panthers for a 6th round pick this year and a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick in the 2022 draft. Um, What this means is the Jets are definitively going to take a quarterback at number two, presumably BYU's Zach Wilson. Um, Darnold is in the fourth year of his contract. Um, He has $4,447,685 worth of cash left. That is what the Panthers are going to take on as a cap charge um, for Darnold. Uh, He's got the fifth-year option that must be picked up by May 3rd, and the Panthers aren't giving up all that compensation for them not to pick up the fifth-year option on, on Darnold. Um, that's going to be $18.85 million, and there's been a change to fifth-year options, starting with the 2018 draft class, the um, class which has the options um, exercise. That's the first round. Um, they're now fully guaranteed upon picking up the option. It used to be they were guaranteed for injury when you pick them up, and then they become fully guaranteed on the first day of the following league year. That's how the Titans were able To get out of the obligation of a Dory Jackson's fifth-year option this year, 2017 first-round pick, $10.244 million um, base salary, cut him before the first day of the league year, that is now gone. That didn't happen anymore, so as soon as you exercise the option, it's a firm commitment. Uh, my understanding is there is no offset with the fifth-year options. So the player would get the double dip. So the Panthers would cut him, still be on the hook for $18.858 million in 2022. Then he'd go make his money elsewhere and not no offsets. So they couldn't recoup any of the $18.858 million. Now, one thing that this um, did do is with this whole change in the options being fully guaranteed is that what Darnold's price tag would have been under the old way, the Adore Jackson way, is $23.016 million because the options were based on where you were drafted. Picks 1 through 10, transition tag for this year, and that's the quarterback transition tag for 2021. Um, now it's based on your performance and your play time. So if you're someone who participates in 75% of the offensive or defensive plays, whatever's applicable in two of your first three seasons or average at least 50% play time in each of the first three years, then your salary is going to be the third through 25s paid salaries at a position. And that's how, by that, how things are um, calculated for franchise and transition tags. So it's that cap percentage average type thing over the five-year period. So that's how we get to $18.85 million, uh, for Sam Donald this year, as opposed to $23.016 million. And you could take a look-see, then get out of it. Now, the Jets are going to have or do have now, $5,019,581 of dead money, um, resulting from the $20,078,324 signing bonus Sam Darnold had from his rookie contract when he signed it in 2018. Now, Teddy Bridgewater, starting quarterback last year, was signed a three-year deal for $63 million, and the Panthers obviously weren't happy with him because they were trying to get in on the... Uh, acquisition of Matthew Stafford who was traded from the Lions to the Rams. Um they made a run at him, didn't go their way. So they were looking to find what they thought was an upgrade from Teddy Bridgewater. Now, one of the things um with Bridgewater is that he's got eighteen million dollars of salary this year and ten of it is guaranteed. Base salary is seventeen million. He's got seven hundred fifty thousand dollars in uh, per-game roster bonuses and a $250,000 workout bonus. That's where the 18 team comes from. His cap number this year currently is $22,911,765. So they gave him $33 million in total guarantees in the contract. There is an offset. But any team, they've given now Bridgewater permission to shop himself for a trade. So the clear indication is they're not going to keep, keep Teddy Bridgewater. I might try to keep him and have those two duke it out in a battle, but that doesn't seem to direct seem to be the direction that they're going to go. Any team that wants to acquire Teddy Bridgewater, contract as is, needs $17,911,765 of cap space. Now, the musical chairs are filling up. You've got certain teams which are going to draft a quarterback, so they're out of the mix. And number one, what team needs a quarterback and two has that type of cap room to absorb um, Bridgewater's 2021 salary uh, or cap number, I should say. And then he's got a 2022 um, year where he's making $21 million. So that's going to make a trade probably a little more difficult than um, the Panthers may like. So if they can't find a suitor, they could always, um, or couldn't find a, They could find a suitor, but also find a trade, which isn't to their liking then they could also keep them and then release them after June 1. And if they do that, then they're going to have $15 million in dead money for this year and $5 million next year because you delay the acceleration, any bonus proration in future years from hitting the cap currently. So they have $15 million this year and $5 million um, next year. So because of that, if he's not going to be traded... That's when he'd be released. So they could hold on to him as long as they want it, release by by roster cut down and be fine. So if they did that, they're picking up um, $7,911,706 of cap, cap space this year. Or they could just hold on if they don't like a trade they could get this year, or at least early on, and hope that there's a need which pops up because of an injury. you have seen that happen before. It's actually how Bridgewater got replaced in Minnesota. He had that gruesome knee injury in 2016, and that was after uh, Philadelphia had signed Chase Daniel to be a very expensive backup quarterback, signed Sam Bradford, re signed him for 36 million over two years, then drafted Carson Wentz. Wentz was supposed to sit the whole year, but Bridgewater had a career -threatening, threatening knee injury, so they were able to work out a trade for a first and fourth round pick to the Vikings for Bradford, so and we also saw that Ryan Tannehill went down one year when Jay Cutler was essentially retired and was going to become a broadcaster, and he came out of retirement and was a stopgap quarterback for the year while Tannehill was out, so that could be another way to go as well. Now, the team which makes the most sense, who has a cap space, Denver. Denver's got about $28 million of cap space, so they could absorb the contract. Drew Locke hasn't been what you'd want in terms of you being sure he is your quarterback on the go-forward basis. But no team really wants to pay Teddy Bridgewater $18 million this year to be a bridge quarterback. The bridge quarterback market is Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Those guys, $10, $10.5 million this year. Then you got upside where you can make 13 to 14 total through incentives. So if Teddy Bridgewater is going to get traded, Anywhere, and Denver is the only team which has the cap space to accommodate him. You've got other teams which have been linked, he's been linked to uh, New Orleans because he played well as Drew Brees' backup there a couple years ago. They barely had any cap room, so that's a tough one. Bridgewater was supposedly the backup plan if they didn't sign Tom Brady. They don't have a lot of cap room either, they couldn't come close to fitting in um, Bridgewater. New England. They're close to have enough cap room, but still they don't have enough. They're like, depending upon who you believe, anywhere from twelve to fourteen million in cap space. But they got Cam Newton. They got the fifteenth overall pick. So is he really that an upgrade over Cam Newton? Yeah. Well, so really wouldn't put them into the mix as well. Some people have said Houston, but they signed Tyrod Taylor for a reason. So I wouldn't really take them seriously. Typically, don't like to trade a guy off in a division but we have seen that happen before Donna Mc, Donovan McNabb was traded within the division from the Eagles to the Washington football team. And we also saw years ago, Tom Brady's emergence led the Patriots to trade Drew Bledsoe to the Buffalo Bills. So what's got to happen for a trade with Teddy Bridgewater before the draft? One, he's got to take a pay cut, rework the deal or Carolina is going to have to eat salary, which you can do. Um, You can't trade cash when you're uh, trying to move an NFL player. So the way you do it is you have the team where the player is currently convert some money into signing bonus, so they're eating salary on the way out the door. That is something that the Houston Texans did a couple of years ago when Jade Van Claney was franchised and they ended up trading to the Seahawks. The Seahawks weren't gonna take on all fifteen million dollars of his one year deal. So on the way out the door, seven million was given to him as a signing bonus, became a cap charge for Houston. So Seattle only took only only took on eight eight million. So you would have to have one of two things happen. Teddy Bridgewater is going to have to Decide he's willing to play for a lot less than the 18 million. He's already guaranteed 10, so unless he really wants to be at a certain place, I can't imagine he's giving up guaranteed money. And there's got to be some number between 10 and 18, which Carolina is comfortable with, um, where they're going to eat some salary. It's 15 for them in dead money if they uh, make him a post June 1 cut. So, if they traded him now, they're going to have 10 in dead money right there. So, how much do they want to eat to get him off their books? Some, I would imagine the teams are going to want him to eat substantial amount of money. Like, anywhere between 5 and up to the guaranteed amount. So, there's 10 left that they're absorbing. Um, so, between 5 and 8 is what a team would want him to eat, I would, I would imagine. So, they'd have to convert that into signing bonus. And then, the new team only has a $10 million guarantee and they have him for 2022, whether he's going to play in 2022 for $21 million, that would remain to be seen. Now, the other option is what happened with Trent Brown. When Trent Brown was traded from the Raiders to the Patriots, um, they reworked his deal on the way out the door where he took a pay cut, and they lopped off his 2022 uh, contract year. So, again, Bridgewater probably isn't going to go below $10 because he's got that guaranteed. So maybe you get him to take the pay cut, By blopping off the 2022 year so he's free agent after this year. Now, obviously, if I'm Bridgewater and I'm reworking the deal and I'm the starter, I want to have the upside where I can be made whole. So I've got $8 million of upside where I get it back for being the starter and performing on a fairly high level. Now, another thing that could happen is because of the offset, if you cut him, then he's probably going to sign for league minimum. And his league minimum is 990 He didn't earn a uh, year service for salary purposes when he was an IR the year that he uh, hurt his knee. So he has seven years of actual service, but he has six what are called credited seasons for minimum salary purposes. So the Panthers are still going to be on the hook for $9.01 million if they went that route of the salary because – can't imagine he's going to sign for any more than a league minimum elsewhere, and he's not going to try to help the Panthers give them any type of uh, break of anything. And the one reason why Denver is the odds-on favorite besides the quarterback is George Payton, the new GM, was the assistant GM in Minnesota as he was drafted. Now, the funny thing is the trade compensation would be less than what got him to New Orleans. When Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater's contract expired in Minnesota. He signed off the Jets. And ironically, this year they drafted Sam Bradford. So, to pave the way for Bradford, they shipped him to New Orleans. It was Bridgewater and a 6th round pick went to New Orleans for a 3rd round pick. 2019 3rd round pick. So, I can't imagine any team is giving up a 3rd round pick for Teddy Bridgewater. It's going to be, I would imagine, some sort of day 3 pick. 4th through 7th round pick. If you are going to acquire Teddy Bridgewater. Now, As I said before, what I would do is I'd probably let the two duke it out. Uh, Bridgewater and Darnold, best man is our quarterback, and we go from there. That doesn't seem to be the way that the uh, Panthers are going to go. Teddy Bridgewater is probably going to be out the door one way or another. Trade, if it's a trade, I would expect it to happen before the draft or during the draft. maybe the second day of the draft on the thirtieth of April, or he's gonna get released sometime after June second. And they could since there is no roster bonus or anything, they could just hold him until it's most convenient for them to cut him. So we'll see how it stands how it shakes out. But I'd be very surprised if Teddy Bridgewater is playing for the Carolina Panthers by the time the twenty one regular season starts. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with Inside the Cap, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL, high-profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. The NFL draft doesn't get interesting until fourth pick we know what's going to happen with the first three picks they're all going to be quarterbacks um jacksonville picks number one um trevor lawrence of clemson is presumptive number one pick the jets are expected to take um byu's zach wilson second 49ers recently moved up from 12 to 3 take quarterback that's either going to be ohio state's justin fields alabama's Mac jones or north dakota state's trey lance a lot of speculation is that Jones will be the pick. Could be a smokescreen, but that's what, if it is a smokescreen, they're throwing people in Matt Jones' direction, which means that two of those three guys I just mentioned would be available at number four. Matt Ryan turns 36 in May. So when you got a 36-year-old quarterback, you're picking number four, and it's a quarterback-rich year, you're thinking, hey, maybe we need to find our quarterback for the future. Hey, we had um, last year Green Bay trade up try to find a quarterback in Jordan Love, and Matt Ryan, not Matt Ryan, um, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers wanted some help, like a wide receiver and a wide receiver, Rich Year, goes out in his MVP, so we've seen teams do that before, just as recently as last year. Ryan, in 2018, became the first $30 million per year player in the NFL in NFL history signed a five-year $150 million contract extension he's got three years left on his contract he's supposed to make 23 this year 23.75 in 2022 and 28 million in 2023 that's a total of 74.75 million for the three years that's less than 25 million per year you know who made 25 million dollars in 2020 on a one-year deal Philip Rivers so that's pretty reasonable by quarterback standards now what does Matt Ryan's contract have to do with all this? Well, his quarterback is the most leveraged contract in the NFL. That it's been restructured for cap purposes four times since he signed it. Anytime you restructure a contract, you're creating immediate cap room, and you're kicking a can down the road, and you're raising cap numbers in future years, and you're adding to the bonus prorations that already exist. The first restructure took place March 2019, $8.75 million of Ryan's 2019 base salary turned into signing bonus. That got Falcons $7 million of immediate cap relief. But his 2020 through 2023 cap numbers went up by $1.75 million apiece. The second restructure took place in December 2019, right before the end of the regular season. Um, $12.5 million of Ryan's 2020 base salary was turned into an option bonus, which, and his 2020 three contract year was turned from a real year to an option year when it was kind of set up where they're going to have to pick up the option. And the option exercise was first couple of days of the 2020 league year. So the proration wouldn't start until 2020. So what that did was that cleared $9.375 million of 2020 cap space because that option bonus got prorated 20 through 2023. So, his Ryan's 21 through 2023 cap numbers went up by $3.125 million each. Now, a third salary conversion was done um, March 2020. So, they, were, they weren't done lowering the 2020 cap number. So, they lowered it twice in a span of a couple of months. And $6.95 million of Ryan's 2020 base salary got converted to signing bonus. And that lowered his 2020 cap number by $5,212,500. So that's the second lowering. And his 2021 through 23 cap numbers increased by $1,737,500. Now, at that time, that gave Matt Ryan the second largest 2021 cap number in the NFL behind Ben was $41.25 million. That made it 40912500 I thought Falcons would leave it alone so they had more flexibility down the road with Ryan. But drastic times call for drastic measures. With salary cap dropping $15.7 million from $198.2 million to its current $182.5 million level. And the Falcons having arguably the second worst cap situation behind the Saints this March, about three and a half weeks ago, they restructured him again. And by this point in time, Ben Roethlisberger no longer had the highest cap number in the league. It belonged to Ryan because Roethlisberger took a pay cut in Pittsburgh and lowered his cap number in the process. So this time they took 21 out of the 23 million that Ryan was supposed to make, turned it into a fully guaranteed roster bonus. Now, if you have a fully guaranteed roster bonus, it gets treated just like signing bonus for cap purposes. And by that I mean that you have skill cap, salary cap, and injury guarantees all when you do the restructure at signing. You prorate it. So you get to prorate the 21 million over the remaining three years, 21 through 23. So that's $14 million of cap space you pick up for 2021, and you in turn raise Ryan's cap numbers in 2022 and 2023 by $7 million each. So Ryan now has the largest 22 cap number. In 2022, his cap number is $48,662,500, highest in the league. And in 2023, it's 43612500 There is now more bonus proration because of the multiple restructures in Ryan's 2022 cap number than there is salary. There's $23.75 million of salary, and there's $24,912,500 of bonus proration. Just as a reference point, um, before Atlanta started kicking the can down the road with these multiple restructures, Matt Ryan's original 20. 2022 cap number was 36.8 million and his original 2023 cap number was 31.75 million so we're sitting here in a quarterback rich draft and ryan turns 36 in may so perfect time for you to take the heir apparent to matt ryan well if you take the heir apparent to matt ryan right now he doesn't play for two years barring an injury to matt ryan or Matt Ryan just... The wheels fall off. Because of the contract. Because how are you going to get rid of him next year? One, you don't restructure the contract for him not to be your quarterback this year. So, you pretty much stuck with him for two years. Because if he's still good, you wouldn't cut him. You try to trade him. And if you trade him, you have $40.525 million of a cap charge. Or dead money. A cap charge for a player no longer on a roster. That would be unheard of. We already have one, which me and a lot of other people thought wouldn't happen. That Carson Wentz was traded to Indianapolis from Philadelphia despite the Eagles having a $33,820,611 cap charge for him. There had never been an amount of dead money at that level, until now, the previous record was 21.8 million, which the Rams had last year for trading Brandon Cook. So, <laughs> maybe it's not that big of a leap to go from 33.82 to 40.525 million next year. But that would be the NFL's third-largest cap charge. That would be unprecedented to have that amount of dead money. Now, there've been some people who said, "Oh, yeah, they can just wait till June 2nd and trade them." And then they don't have the uh, $15,912,500 of 2023 bonus proration become a 2022 cap charge because if you trade someone after June 2nd, bonus proration from future years doesn't hit the cap to the following year. Uh, that's all well and good, but there's one problem with that. Matt Ryan has a 7.5 million dollar third day of the 2022 league year roster bonus. That means if he's on the roster, whatever day that is, sometime presumably late March, that becomes a Falcons obligation. I don't really see the Falcons delaying a trade till June 2nd after paying him $7.5 million. So a trade, the realistic window for the trade would be before that roster bonus hit. Because... Yeah, the cap's going to go up next year, but you're still going to pay back some of the money which was used to keep the cap from dropping to the level it should have because of the losses due to the pandemic. Should have been 155 to 160, that range. So, if the cap gets back up to where it was in 2020 or gets to 200 million, that'd be great. Even though the new TV deals have been signed and negotiated, they don't kick in till 2023-2024, so That'd be a hard pill to swallow. And yes, if they did trade him, they would create, they get $8,137,500 of cap space. And they're going to free up $43,912,500 of 2023 cap space. Because of the team that would acquire him would be taking on the $28 million salary. And the 2023 bonus proration becomes a 2022 cap charge if you're going to trade him before that roster bonus hits. But... I'm a skeptic of that. So you really, you take the quarterback, that's two years, Matt Ryan's your guy. Now, if you pass on the quarterback at four, then you're saying, hey, we're all, we're in on Matt Ryan. We think he can play at a pretty high level for the next three years of his contract. So what do you do? You take the best player available regardless of position. That means it's Florida tight end Kyle Pitts, um, Oregon offensive tackle Pene Sewell, Or wide receiver, and you got three guys who are considered head and shoulders above everybody else in the wide receiver class. LSU's Jamar Chase and the two Alabama receivers, Devonta Smith, Heisman Trophy winner, and Jalen Waddell. Wide receiver is interesting to me because you already got Julio Jones, who's arguably been the best wide receiver in football for the past five years. He's 32 now, and they've left his contract alone. They haven't restructured his He only played nine games last year because of hamstring problems. He's from Alabama. That opened the door for 2018 first-round pick Calvin Ridley, also from Alabama, to have a breakout season last year. 90 catches, 1,374 yards, nine touchdowns for Ridley. So if you did for some reason go wide receiver, and I know Thomas Dimitroff drafted, the former GM drafted Ridley and Jones, Terry Fontenot, the new GM, and head coach Arthur Smith uh, may not have the same affinity for Alabama receivers as Dimitrov. Now, well, Arthur Blank weighs in, the owner, who knows? Maybe it would be an Alabama receiver if you go that route. I think if they stay put, it's Kyle Pitts the tight end. But let's say you go wide receiver. Then the domino effect is Julio Jones is probably gone. Um, in 2022 before the draft, which would free up $3.763 million in cap space and have $15.5 million of dead money. Now, I was someone who didn't think that they'd touch uh, Ryan's contract to begin with. So it'd be interesting to see what else they go receiver. But as I said before, I think they'd go Kyle Pitts if they stay put. Now, you could also trade down, presumably for a team, which wants one of those quarterbacks that's left over that San Francisco didn't take. The two teams which make the most sense from where they're picking the draft would be um, the Denver Broncos with the ninth pick and the New England Patriots, the 15th pick. Now, New England's also, not New England, um, Denver's also linked to Bridgewater, as we discussed earlier. So, those are two most logical teams. You also have two other teams to be harder for them to move there. They don't have long term answers at quarterback. The Washington football team, Chicago Bears, they pick 19th and 20th. So, The draft starts really at four because that's where the drama starts. Supposedly, Terry Fontenot and Arthur Smith weren't on the same page, but now are that the reports were that Fontenot was focused on a quarterback and Arthur Smith thought there was enough left in Ryan's tank, gas left in his tank. They didn't necessarily need a quarterback. So we'll see what the Falcons do and which direction they go. Uh, Quarterback of the future, the heir apparent, who's going to have to sit most likely two years, uh, trade down, fill up other needs. Cause this wasn't a great football team. There's a reason they're picking four if they They're 4-12 and last year, so they got holes. <laughs> or do they take the best player available and think they uh, can make the playoffs next year? So this will be one to watch over the next couple of weeks, two and a half weeks before the draft starts on April 29th. Hey there, it's John Kim of the John Kim Report Podcast. I'm glad you're enjoying the Inside the Cap Podcast with Joel Corey. When you're done, I invite you to listen to my podcast. Twice a week, my guests and I discuss the Washington football team and the NFL. The show features numerous NFL insiders, former and current players and executives, and taps into the insight gained in my 25-plus years covering this franchise. Check out the John Kim Report, another fine product offered by Empire Media. Well, that's going to be it for this week's Inside the Cap. Um, as I said before, you can follow me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also, I have my regular CBSSports.com column, Agent's Tank. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time. Goodbye.